0: Hello there, this is Joey Vera from Fate's Warning and you are listening to Rock at Night. Yeah, yeah. are you ready? Hey, tonight I'm gonna take you on a little trip We're going down south by the Might mighty Mississippi I'm gonna take you to a place where life's living in
1: Hello everyone, welcome one more time to the Rock at Night podcast series. This time around I will be talking to one of the integral members of a band that I love. Progressive metal has been an evolving subtype of metal since the 80s and Face Warning is widely revered as the true creators of the genre. On the musical scene for more than three decades now, the band has built a massive international following as well as releasing 12 full-length records over that period. Their latest record, Theories of Flight, has taken the progressive metal scene by storm, garnering rave reviews from critics and fans alike. We recently published a review I wrote about the record, and I've got to say, for me, it's the best album they have put out in the last 25 years. Today, I have the pleasure to speak to Face Warning's bass player, Mr. Joey Vera,
0: Joy, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you for that wonderful introduction.
1: (laughs) It's my absolute pleasure, Joy. First and foremost, I wanted to thank you on behalf of all the Rock and Night listeners for taking the time to talk to me today. If my math is correct, you've been with Faith for around 20 years, right?
0: Uh, pretty close. Yeah. I haven't done the math. I think it's around 18 or 19. Yeah, it's around there. Well, I'm
1: pretty sure it's been quite earning. Also considering you've been busy also keeping the flame alive for your other well-known band, Armored Saints, and many other side projects. So my first question for you is, if given the chance to go back in time to the moment that you were asked to join FACE, would you do it again?
0: Absolutely. Um, my uh, My experience And Fates has been extremely rewarding, Um, not only just, you know, uh, as a player and a musician, but also all the friendships I've made over the years with these guys and all the things we've been through. Um, And I wouldn't trade it for the world.
1: Those words speak highly about the experience that you have with Fates. As per my understanding, you guys live in different areas. So how the recording process of a face warning album takes place? Or very said, how did it go this time?
0: Well, it's a little unusual, maybe <clears throat> in the traditional sense, but um, with technology these days, um, we are able to do it uh, this way. We basically live in lo- different parts of the world now. Um, so. It's uh, not so easy for us or practical for us to get together into the same room and um, make records the way that we used to be done back in when you were first starting out. So we do things uh, bi-coastally, and we do everything over the Internet. Um, we All of us have um, very high-quality home studios that we've built over the years. So it it affords us to be able to basically record our own parts um, separately. So um, the way it usually works is um, Jim writes all the music. He's he's the mastermind. He's he's the guy who has the vision and writes all the music and the parts. Um, And he makes um, pretty elaborate demos um, for us to hear so that we can hear the big picture to begin with, um, and he hands us off the songs and we basically learn them as as we get them. Um, during that process, he allows us freedom to interpret certain parts in our own way. Some, some things are obvious, uh, that are written in a specific way. And it's pretty apparent to each of us, you know, where the freedom can can uh, fly and where where it needs to stay intact so um that's pretty much how we go about doing things and you know we it with the internet you know an email and, and and the servers these days it, it's so fast that we can literally perform a part and within 10 minutes uh have a send it to send it back to each other and get feedback you know so it's it's, uh, it's actually pretty efficient way to work now. It's just a little different than it used to be, that's all.
1: Then we have to be thankful for technology, because that's given us the fancy opportunity to enjoy such a tremendous amount of music coming from you guys, so many solid records over the course of the last 10 years, maybe, that is simply astonishing. Yes. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit about theories of life. I can't help myself but sensing that that album probably contained the heaviest song the band have ever come up with so going up with the overall heaviness in this particular recording was something you guys decided to do or simply the songs came to fore like that as part of a songwriting process
0: well i don't think that uh i really don't think that jim premeditates things too much um when he's writing i really think that it that that it all comes from an initial inspiration. And then once he follows that inspiration, he just, it takes him down a path. So I think that, uh, you know, I don't know, he would be better answered, you know, how, why, you know, he wrote this music. Um, Although I, I think he will tell you that it wasn't something that was premeditated too much. I think that it's something started with a few songs or a few ideas and, it sort of shaped, um, it shaped the rest of it, um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know what it is either. I mean, people are kind of flipping out about the, the new record, and you know, I think at least speaking for me, you know, I think we just kind of do our own thing, and we each we treat each record as a time and place thing. Um, kind of each each record represents. Where we are at that particular spot, you know, uh, I think this one's probably no exception to that. I don't know why, why it's connecting differently than the last couple of records. Um, in my opinion, the record has some kind of energy that's a little bit uh, different than the last couple of records. The melodies are a little more, um, I don't know, there's more of them. It's more melodic and it's more high energy. In general, the record is. I don't know, again, why that is. I just think that, again, it's um, time and a place.
1: Joy, let me tell you my personal opinion about this. Past records like Disconnected and FWS showed different sides of the bands, keeping a trademark core sound, but veering into experimentation and different landscapes. Do you sing like that?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. However, Theories of Flight builds up from the same sound, the band approach with darkness in a different light, while adding so much momentum, melodic finesse, and melancholy. Not to downplay any of its predecessors, but I feel this album is a different beast. Do you feel this might be a defining album in face history?
0: Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, again, uh, <laughs> the, this thing, this life it's taking on is something I think is beyond all of us. We're not really, I it, certainly could probably safely say even for Jim that it's not something that we have set out to do. Um, it's just um, for for some reason it's connecting in a way with people that it's it's hard to explain why it is. I mean, I will agree that the only thing I would agree on is that I think during Disconnected and Face Warning x there was a period of time where we uh, we were experimenting with um, production value. We were experimenting with some of the stuff is a little more moody, slower, kind of darker. Um, and, um, I think that that was, again, a time and a place thing, you know, it's just, it's where, where Jim's head was at writing wise in those days. I think that maybe he's since then, I don't know, maybe perhaps, uh, wanted to get out of the dark and moody stuff and get back more to where some of the high energy material maybe was coming from maybe perhaps from, from his, uh, earlier part of the career, you know, like, uh, guardian era or no exit era. You know, I, I, I don't really know for sure, but, um, perhaps he's, um, taking some influence from where he comes from and from the music that he grew up listening to and so forth. Um, so I just think again that, um, you know, this record again is just something that represents where the band is at in 2016.
1: I really appreciate your modest opinion, but I believe this there hasn't been a musician that has gone into a studio premeditating to create a masterpiece, it's just a result of what they do throughout the creation process. So maybe this time around is. Is exactly what you guys did even though you didn't you didn't
0: make it like that. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of people still have a really high reverence for Pleasant Shade of Grey as being uh, a super big pinnacle point in the band's career and that was my first record with the band, so i I hold that super dear to me. Um Although you know, again, it was my first record, so I was still finding my way in the band as a player and as, you know, me coming up with parts and my contributions and so forth. Um, so I feel like that was a, a new, a new, uh, a new area for me. At this point, I'm I'm much more comfortable where I'm at with the band, and this is my second record playing with Bobby and. I love him as a drummer and as a player and a person and and our relationship as a rhythm section is, is something that's also changing and growing. So I don't know. I mean, (laughs) um, time will tell, I guess. And, you know, again, I think that, uh, I really think that it's um, sometimes really up to the listeners and the fans to make those sort of discern, uh, you know, discerning comments about, you know what what they hold uh, in the highest regard and what they hold in the least regard. It's for us as players, we have a different opinion on everything because we're so close to it, um, and um, it means something a little bit different to us. But you know, I think that we're all glad that we're getting this this response. It's uh, quite frankly, I think, I, at least speaking for myself, I'm pretty blown away that everybody's so um, happy with it and we're really glad about it. Um, You know, there's another, another element that's different about this record is it was mixed by someone different than we haven't used it ever before. And I think that has a hand in it also. um, The way that it sounds sonically is attributed to the mixing of Gems. Um, So that's another element in the whole thing, but you know, we're, we're super stoked with, that the whole thing's gonna come out. We can't wait to get out there and start playing live.
1: Well, from my fans' perspective, A Pleasant shade of Grey is one of my Desert Island albums. I would take that record with me to the end of the world. Yeah. But apart from that, I don't quite remember myself being so pumped and happy because of a face warning record as I have been while listening to Theories of Light. And once again, this is just my personal opinion. Yeah. And I'm not saying this to make you feel like comfortable because we we're having this conversation. I'm being completely honest with you.
0: That that's great. I mean that, again, um, that's awesome to hear. You know, we you know, we'd be lying if we told you it wasn't good to hear that.
1: <laughs> so going back to my question because we deviate a little bit. Great. Uh face warning has been in the musical scene for more than thirty years. And I'm sure you guys have had many difficulties throughout the time, as the music industry nowadays is nowhere near as it was in the 80s. What do you see in rise bands like Face to keep moving forward despite the shortcomings?
0: Well, probably the fact that we have a, a very loyal fan base. You know, I mean, if we didn't have any kind of a demand for the music that we write or perform we wouldn't be able to do anything. So the, the very fact that we have a loyal following, uh, it'll, it affords us opportunities like to go out on tour, especially in Europe and, and this, you know, in the States as well. But, um, I mean, without that, we wouldn't be able to do anything. So we would probably have a, a much harder time staying alive and keeping our, uh, you know, keeping our morale up. If it wasn't for the fans, we wouldn't have anything. So I think that's probably the, one of the biggest things that keeps us going.
1: There was a period of around 10 years. I mean, not exactly 10 years, but close, uh, during which the band did not produce any record. And many, many fans thought that the band was done. However, you guys did a tremendous comeback with Ernest in a different light. What happened during all that time?
0: yeah you know again during those nine years we we didn't put any records out but we did a lot of touring during during that time so we you know during that time we went through a couple of drummers and we found bobby halfway through that period and um and then that core band the core band that we are now we we did several a lot of touring we went to a lot of places we've never played did you know, Eastern Europe, which we've never been before, and, uh, just all kinds of places, you know. And uh, so I think that was really good for the band actually to be away for, for a bit and maybe, um, you know, see what it was, see what the fans were like in other parts of the world we hadn't been to before. Also, you know, keep the band working as a unit, you know, and uh, being around each other. You know, we're like family, so we were able to get close and, you know, just keep that part of it in track. So when it came time, you know, it was like, OK, let's let's make a record. You know, like we need to have uh, we need to have a reason to make music. And uh, I think being together and doing all that touring was a big part of that.
1: Bobby has been with the band for quite a few years now. Yeah. So. If I ask you, do you think that this lineup that you guys have with him is as solid as the band has ever been,
0: would you agree with that? yeah, I agree i mean we've we have a we have a great unit now um and it's been this been the unit for several years now um and it's it's been great we all get along great we have a a lot of fun touring together we all get along we're all on the same page about everything um. And uh, you know, once we get out there and we get a, you know, once we get our, uh, what, do you say, what do you say, like our uh, muscles flexed, or you know, once we, once we get some of the bugs worked out in our set, uh, we're we're really, I mean, not to, you know, I don't mean to sound like I'm bragging or anything, but we're when we get really tight, we, we're a super tight band, and um, it's fun to play. You know, we the songs are. Are just are great songs to play live, and it's a lot of fun and challenging to play this kind of music and have it and and make it good, you know um it's it's really cool. We all really, really, really like it.
1: I flew to Chicago last year to catch you guys on tour at the Regis, and it was a wonderful show, yeah, so moving forward, what can fans expect from the upcoming tour?
0: Well, at the moment, we don't have any any dates booked yet but um, you know I do anticipate something happening you know we it's a little bit late for us to get on the European festivals so uh, I, I don't expect anything like that until next summer but but between now and then I, I'm sure that we'll have some, uh, some touring coming up and so and so forth we're gonna we're, right now we're making some plans to shoot a video for the new record and uh, you know First things first, we'll see what happens, but we, we do have plans to get out there and do some more dates.
1: Now, expanding a little bit upon your career. I mean, Face Warning is a full-blown progressive metal band, while Amor am is a more straightforward heavy metal act. Which one of the two camps you feel like a more natural environment for you, and how do you manage to separate your duties between the above-mentioned bands and end up sounding
0: different in each case. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, the, the Armored Saint camp is, you know, a group of guys I grew up with. They're, I've known most of these guys since grade school. So we have a really deep history. Um, <clears throat> it's literally like brothers. Sometimes it's... As you know, maybe it's hard to do business with family. So that bring, brings, you know, that, that is a, it's a, the difference with fate, with Fates and Armand Sane is that Armand Sane is, you know, I do a lot of the managerial position stuff. I make a lot of decisions business-wise. I'm the chief songwriter. I have a lot more pressure and responsibility there. Um, so sometimes it gets a little more stressful. Um, with Faith's warning, I don't have that involvement. Um Faith's warning is Jim's baby. Um, although he respects my opinion and asks for my opinion. um i don't I'm not ultimately making those sorts of decisions on that end. So for me, it's a little easier to be in faith's warning. <laughs> um, and so i it's easier for me to kind of let my hair down even though I don't have any hair left, but uh, I'm able to feel, you know, a little bit more comfortable there, and and sort of enjoy that whole experience with Armand Saint. It's a little, I have a lot more responsibility, and it's just a different, a different animal, you know. Musician-wise and playing-wise, you know, um, at at the core of myself, I'm a, I'm just a hard rock bass player. I grew up listening to 70s rock and R&B and funk, and so. I have a very blues-based player, um, and um, that's really at the core of where I'm at as a musician. But since I have got involved with Faith's Warning, I was able to explore some of the other music I was listening to growing up, such as Yes, and Jethro Tull, and Genesis, and, and Jazz Fusion, a lot of Jazz Fusion growing up. I don't have a chance to play that stuff in Armored Saints, so... With Fate's Warning, um, it really has been an eye opener and uh, challenging me to learn and study more theory and that sort of stuff. Um, so I get a lot more, uh, you know, I get a lot more um, kind of what do you say, musical flexibility playing in Fate's Warning. It, it's really been it's been great for me. Um, it's made me a better musician, a better songwriter, a better player. It's improved my theory and just my playing is just, you know, it's just better than it, than it was before I joined Faith's Warning. So, um, you know, I have to put on different hats, you know, when sometimes I'm forced to think about things, uh, especially with, with odd time signatures, it's not something I do all that much with Armored Saint, um, so with Fate's Warning, it requires a different part of my brain, um, and uh, you know they're both they're both equally satisfying. You know I get asked that a lot. You know like which, which you know they're so different. Which one do you prefer? You know I don't really prefer one or the other. I mean they're, they're both so gratifying in their own ways. Um, in some ways, it's easier for me to be in a band with Faith's Warning um, because of what I explained earlier. But at the same time, I get a lot out of being an armored saint, you know, because it's gratifying for me to be so involved in every aspect and to see things come to fruition is is is, is gratifying in a different way than it is um, sort of being in Faith's Warning, where my role in Faith's Warning is predominantly you know, I'm a role player, my role, my role is to be the bass player and to be a strong uh, point person with the rhythm section. So um, they're both gratifying and I, and I find them both challenging in different ways. Um, so, yeah, that's that's really it.
1: <laughs> I have this passion for photography. And even though I haven't been fortunate enough to attend a concert of amrit Sein, I've been to a couple of fates and I can tell that you guys on stage, you come out and you give everything. And, and when I look at you with all the funny faces that you make and all your movements on a stage, I can tell that you, I mean, along with the rest of the band, you guys are having a lot of fun. Yeah, um,
0: you know, <laughs> it's something that I sort of, um, it's something that sort of Uh, uh, that dawned on me kind of later in my life, because when I look back on some of my earlier performances, when I was young, I, I, I I was way more static than I am now. And and I think that it's maybe just a growing thing. Um, I think when I was younger, uh, maybe I was a little more intimidated by being on stage or intimidated or Uh, feeling apprehensive about really just expressing yourself in a public venue, you know. Um, But it was, it was a little bit, you know, I think uh, over time, I just sort of realized that, um, that the whole reason I'm a musician is because I really enjoy it, you know. So I think it's just taken me a little bit longer to to kind of come out of my shell (laughs) And at, and, at, and at this point where I'm at now, and, and I, I think I've been out of my shell for quite some time now. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, at this point, I'm like, you know, I don't really, I never really cared that much about what people thought about me, but I really don't care what people think anymore. And, and for me, it's all about having a good time. And uh, I enjoy what I'm doing on stage. For me, the, that one hour on stage, is pretty much the only reason I'm a musician. Um, it's a place where I can feel completely untouched and um, I'm completely liberated. <clears throat> it's, really, um, it's really, really the thing that fuels my soul. And uh, if I couldn't have that, I, I don't think I would be able to do any of this anymore.
1: So how does Joy Vera musical future look like now? Uh, I mean, besides our coming tours with FaZe and Armour Sane opening for Queen's Reich in the next couple of months, is Joe Vera involved in any other musical project at this time? Is there any future plans for Motor Sister, for example?
0: Um, yeah, we, we, we've been trying to actually get together. Um, we've been hanging out, uh, you know on the side as people, we see each other and hang out and and stuff. And we've been threatening to get together. There's actually quite a bit of riffs and music floating around um, between Jim Wilson and the rest of us. Unfortunately, we're also damn busy with all our other projects that we haven't had time to do anything about it. So that's still, um, you know, that's still on the table. You know, the Anthrax record just came out. You know, I'm still doing dates with Arm Saint. The Fates Warning record's about to come out, so I'm going to get busy there. Um, I also played on Pearl of Days. She has a solo record that I played on. I think that record is, is just about done, though. Um, and so Motor Sister is something that we do when we can ha- put time into it and have fun doing it. So we we, we really don't want to make it a burden, so we have that's why we you know that's why it's kind of taking a a little more time than we than we than we want because again we've got to wait for the opportunity to open up but we are we definitely are working on another record
1: well it seems to me that you are the kind of person that enjoys to be busy right (laughs) yes joy at this point in your career how do you view your own musical legacy? Does it fill you with what could be called a sense of pride?
0: Well, sure. I'm I'm very proud of um, all the stuff I've done. Um, I uh, I think the thing I'm most proud about is that I've done so many different things. Um, when I look at look back at all the experiences I've had and the Recordings I've done and the tours I've done, and all the different musicians i've I've played with and had come in contact with, I mean, it's far beyond anything I ever imagined I would do when I was younger. You know, when you're young, you just sort of think, oh, i'm gonna I'm joining a band and I'll be in this band for the rest of my life and and that'll be it. Um, but <clears throat> it's been a pleasant pleasant surprise for me that i've I've sort of fallen into. Um, I've fallen into this op- all these opportunities, playing with so many different people, and I've learned so much from everybody. And they've each made me a better player and a better person. And uh, you know, yeah, I I'm I feel, I mean, I I certainly feel proud, but I also feel like super lucky. You know, I I I think I, I don't know what I did to deserve this, but I feel very very lucky that i've had this opportunity to be in contact with so many great people
1: and obviously you are very grateful because of that absolutely and we finally came to my last question which is musically speaking what is still out there for you what is still something that Joey Vera would love to do with any of the band that he's involved with that he hasn't been able to do (laughs)
0: Um, you know, I still, um, I still enjoy traveling a lot. So there's a lot of places I haven't played yet that I, that I still want to play. Um, there's a couple, you know, Armored Sane is, is about to do our first show in Tokyo, Japan in October. I've been there with Anthrax. Um, I played several shows there with Anthrax in 2005, but, um, to uh, to be there with Armored Saint is something I've always wanted to do. Faith's Warning has never played there either, so I would l- love to play Japan with Faith's Warning. Also, South America is another place that I have yet to play with either of those bands. I, again, I was there with Anthrax, and um, I I need to have Armored Saint and Faith's Warning both need to go to South America. And, um, you know... Southeast Asia would be great, um, you know, I would love to go to some other exotic places, uh, there's a bunch of places up in Scandinavia, I've never been to, um, so there's, uh, there's a lot to be uh, traveled to still.
1: That's amazing, I'm pretty sure that you'll make it there sooner than later. Well, Joyce, thank you once again for taking the time to do this interview, it has been a terrific honor to ask these questions and i can only hope you guys include south florida as one of the tour stops this upcoming tour so i don't have to travel that far this year
0: (laughs) i hope so too that would be another place to go
1: (laughs) oh thank you very much Joyce. thank you and have a wonderful day
0: thank you very much man i'll talk to you soon